Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. How many times are we locked in prisons of our own creating? And how amazing is it to build a strategy to get through the walls that surround us? That is exactly what our guest today, Israel Ellis, has spent his life doing and has recently written a book on the topic, Moving Through Walls, which explores how a person can get through their life in a way that is successful and intentional, while at the same time not stressful in the sense that we're trying to hold on and kind of make everything happen ourselves, but to enjoy the process. So Israel Ellis, thank you so much for joining me. And one of the things that I'm hoping you will see at this point is that we are extremely focused on living a better life. And one of the most important components of that is getting the direction and the one-on-one work that you need in order to live better. So I am a strong proponent of coaching. I do a lot of coaching myself. And I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, to please do what many other people have done. Reach out. Let's have a conversation. There's no obligation to you whatsoever uh, to see if we might be a good fit to work together. And if that might not be the case, I would be thrilled to introduce you to any of the multitude of options and networks and people that I know who could provide that help. So again, please reach out via social channels, whatever it might be. I don't think I'm too hard to find. Certainly not, I hope. And, uh, and, and let me know how I could be of benefit to you. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to have today a, uh, a new friend of mine, Israel Ellis, who is a serial entrepreneur, CEO, and the author of, well, soon to be two books, but one, uh, one book, Moving Through Walls. And uh, I'm very excited to have you on today. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, thank you. So, Israel, t- tell us a little bit, how did you get started on your entrepreneurial journey? And what was that like for you? Um, I, think, I think it was really more of a pragmatic, uh, pragmatic journey. It, it wasn't, wasn't really, um, it, it wasn't really that uh, I, I, I sort of, um, decided I was going to become an entrepreneur. Actually, when I was in university, I had uh, wanted to go into academics. And um, we, we, we just, uh, uh, my wife and I were working together uh, doing um, flea markets and things like that just to uh, pay the bills. And I've always been entrepreneurial, uh, but um, I, I, um, at, at some point, I, I had gone into a, uh, came up with an idea uh, on what is called today known as virtual reality. And, and that was back in 1992. And um, by 1993, uh, we had created a company based on virtual reality entertainment. And we ended up with, um, uh, by 1994, we had nearly 600 people working for the company. So it was quite a vertical climb. What in the world was that like going from flea markets to a 600 person company? Yeah, it was like, it was kind of like a rocket ship. and. Um, and, and it was uh, it was a great experience. It was a fantastic journey, and I think it was the best education I could have hoped for in terms of uh, you know my start to a business career. What's interesting to me is that there's a perception out there that people have to have the degree or people have to have all of the experience so they know how to handle these situations. 
what I just heard from you, and tell me if you agree, um, is that your experience was really on the job and it was really invaluable. Forget about what ends up happening with the company, but just learning by doing is, I guess, as people say, kind of like the best education. Sure. I, I think there's a lot to be said through this sort of hands-on relationship that we have with experience. But um, I, I wouldn't minimize the um, opportunity for education in any way. <clears throat> I um, actually was a, uh, a high school dropout and um, I didn't complete class grade 10. But, but uh, I went back to school and um, I, I fought hard to get into university and I uh, struggled in the beginning and I ended up uh, leaving university with a graduate degree in political science and, and, uh, and uh, a film. And the, the, I, the reason that, that I wanted so badly and I hungered so much for education and to go to university was because I recognized that if I was going to be successful in life and if I was going to achieve the goals that I had set for myself personally, that I would need to learn the language. I would need to understand how to be able to um, speak and, and, and to uh, conceptualize and articulate my ideas. And that's really what school does. I, I don't think it really matters necessarily um, what the discipline is. I think what really is important is the journey through education that teaches us how to uh, comprehend a set of inputs and to be able to regurgitate that information in the context of what applies to us in that moment, whatever that moment is. And so uh, that was kind of my journey. Business was really a necessity. It was a matter of, am I going to make more money and have more of a future um, doing business or working for somebody? And uh, at the time, I was actually, at the time of my first major enterprise, I had just come off for a run of, um, for a member of parliament, which in Canada is sort of the equivalent to the Congress. And um, it was an exciting experience. I, I truly believe in the idea of momentum. When you move your life forward in a positive momentum, things happen things that you cannot possibly predict. Sometimes things happen that you could have never imagined would happen. But the key is always is to be able to move your life forward with the strength of momentum. And uh, it's, it's amazing when I look back in my rear view mirror and, uh, and I see everything that has taken place during my journey. And, uh, and, and it's uh, completely unpredictable. And yet it seems that destiny had sort of its signature on everything. Okay, so I have to I have to dig in with a few questions. Question number one, you mentioned this idea. Sorry, one second. It's garbage day today. Um, now I, I want to ask the first question. There's a certain perception. Could be it's in the U.S. Could be it's because you, you had a different route towards education. A lot of people um, look at their education as going to give them answers. And what you, I heard from you say is that you looked at it as what are the skills that I'm going to accomplish? Why do I need to do this? So being able to essentially not see yourself as essentially pathetic and looking for someone to help, but 
to be more proactive as to what are the skills I need to acquire now at this step. So I wanted to make sure that's, that's sort of what you said. Yeah, that, that's correct. You know, most, most people, most young people will start their educational process when they're 18 years old. I, I was working when I was, from the time I was 16. I didn't go into university until I was 21. And I had to fight my way in because I lacked a lot of the foundational knowledge. I had come to realize in those intervening years how important an education was for me in terms of my goals and aspirations and what I wanted to achieve. So having identified sort of what it is that I needed gave me sort of a motivation and a hunger to be very clear on my focus of what I needed to achieve. I don't think that a lot of kids who go into school today because they have expectations that are driven by someone else's expectations of them. Sometimes it's a good thing, but sometimes it doesn't give them the opportunity to reevaluate their own lives and make their own decisions to come to a place where they're self-motivated to achieve. And that actually, I think, is a very important, uh, is, is pretty important when we consider our children's education, is to allow them enough rope, if you will, hopefully to grab onto it and to know where they want to climb. You're saying, like, that's, that's fascinating. People, are, a lot of times there's so much fear that parents have with their kids. It's like, if I give this kid any lee leeway, they're just going to wind up, I don't know what the equivalent is, you know, pregnant and homeless under a bridge somewhere, you know, whereas this question, which is so powerful, which again, I see this in, in with so many people where it's like, you know, if the person themselves is not bought into the process, and a lot of times you're just kind of wasting, you're wasting time and resources on them. You have to be bought into the process in order to really get something out of it. Often and every, and, and, and everything, everything that we do is, you know, Jacob, because I can see with the trajectory of your own journey, but in everything that we do, if we're not feeling purposeful and if we if we're not feeling purposeful we're, we're going to struggle to be able to uh, to be able to go down that that road with intention and purpose if we're just doing it things by rote then we're not going to tap into the into the most important part of our greatness which is our creativity so we need to unleash our creativity in order to find where we become great. Which has to start by you being willing to forego other people's scripts of what they have for your life. And, and yeah. that, that thing builds with so much momentum, it sounds like it's like, I'm gonna do this because someone wants me to do it. And because of that, now there's three other opportunities that I don't really care about, but I'm gonna do those. And then you find yourself, you know, 50 years old, living a life that you never wanted with, with X, Y, and Z. And there's that, but you're like, well, now I've been doing it for so long, I might as well keep going. Whereas slowing it down and saying, do I want to do this? Which is oftentimes super easy for people to answer. Like the answer is usually resoundingly like yes or no, not I'm not sure. And then being able to have faith, and this is, I guess, the second piece I wanted to really look at with you with, with momentum. Oftentimes, and again, it's, it's a wonderful time of the year to be speaking about this kind of as we go through the COVID effects of the economy and everything like that. It's like momentum is super important. Tell me what that means 
And what if you get stopped? Because so often in life, in the entrepreneurial journeys, whatever it might be, you get punched in the face a fair amount and you're like, oh God, like my momentum has just got ran against the wall. So I, I, know, I know a lot about barriers and being um, confronted with walls. That's why I wrote this book. You wrote the book called Moving Through Walls. Moving Through Walls. I think, I think that, I think that the greatest impediment to our own success is ourselves. And the most important thing that anyone can do, and the earlier that we realize this and recognize this in ourselves, the better, is to become accountable and responsible. That I alone am ultimately going to be responsible for what happens to me. When you mentioned earlier about someone waking up one day at 50, or could be at 40, could be at 60, and recognizing that they're not living the life that they wanted to live, that to me is a tragedy. So at what point does somebody learn to take responsibility for their lives? Um, sometimes it might have to do with a knowingness inside of us from the time we're a young age. Other times it might be brought on by trauma and, and the effects of, of, of being able to, to become decisive in terms of the direction that we're going to take and what we're going to do has a lot to do with where we come from. Can you, I'm so, I'm so sorry, I want you to, can you just say that explicitly when you say like trauma, what does that mean? So it's like you have a life event, you get fired from your job, you have a, a parent yeah. that dies, you have some, whatever it might be, and suddenly you're like, so what do I do now? Is that so, what you mean? So, so I, think, I think that there's, you know, there's definitely different trajectories that can bring us to where we, where we are. One of those trajectories is a knowingness. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Another trajectory could be, like I said, some kind of trauma could happen in your life. So there's a lot of injustice in the world. And not everybody is born into this wonderment of having everything that they need to become the most successful. And sometimes there are huge barriers. Um, someone can lose a parent at a young age or suffer from abuse, uh, be a victim of abuse. Um, and, and injustices are visited on people all the time. And we have, we have the one thing that, that separates us from any other living being in this world is our ability to make a choice, our ability to choose how we are going to kind of take the next step. And we do have a choice. Some people don't realize they have that choice when it comes to injustices. It's, it's actually a very, um, they, they, there's a natural, there's sort of a natural psychology that ends up, that can envelope us where we become a collector of these injustices in order to rationalize what's going on in our lives. But the, the point that I want to make is that eventually you have to take that responsibility and you have to be accountable for yourself, to yourself, and to overcome and to understand how to overcome that sense of injustice that is, is, is within you. In my book, I talk about Holocaust survivors, and I talk about my amazement 
and how these people who've been through so much could, could restart their lives, could be born again from the ashes of hate and the murderous um, Nazi regime that took everything away from them. And I talk about my wife's grandfather who became a very important mentor in my life and other people that I've met, these unbelievably rich opportunities of lives that in my generation, I had an opportunity to get to know. And I would think to myself, if these people, after what they've suffered and gone through and the injustice that they've had to endure, can effectively rebirth themselves and be happy and be content and find happiness, then, then I should be able to do it, then anyone should be able to do that. So that, that was an incredible mentorship. I, ultimately, it's going to come down to a belief in yourself and allowing yourself to believe in yourself and being open to the possibility of recognizing when you know something to be feel right. I want to, I just want to, if, if possible, to clarify a couple of things. I think one thing that's very unique about the opportunity of the generation that saw the Holocaust survivors and saw the ones that were able to rebuild and the legacy that they have, for a lot of people, they don't see that anymore because thank God for such a long time, we've lived in such relative, so to speak, prosperity, whatever it might look like. So, but what I'm hearing you say is that a person needs to find a mentor for them that did go over major, major situations. Cause it's so easy to look at other people and say, well, you know, I'm not successful like that guy because you know, I didn't have his pedigree. I don't have his looks. I don't sure. have the initial, you know. I, I, I think that, I think that it's helpful. I don't think it's necess necessary, but I think it's very helpful. And in and, and my experience growing up, the impact of, of victims of the Holocaust was, was significant to have had an opportunity to meet. But, you know, we, we have the opportunity every day to become mindful of people around us, of all sorts of people around us who've become heroes, who have taken the adversity of life and have turned it around to their advantage. It could be your next door neighbor. It could be people from another country that you meet. It, it's just incredible that if you, if you speak with people and you find out the serendipity of their journey and sort of the chance success of what has happened to them and, 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 and their attitudes, every day where we can meet a hero every single day we can meet our own hero within each of us we have a hero and we can find that hero um i i, I tell younger people young people who speak to me and I've, I've recently was speaking to my son who's kind of looking for his own direction right now and my advice is talk to successful people talk to people who you look at and you see them as successful. Now keep in mind that your perception of success today may be different from your perception of success tomorrow. I believe that it's very important to feel comfortable to identify with, to establish relationships with what we'll call mentors and to hear their story 
And if you want to emulate somebody, you should listen very strongly to their story and to pick up on their lessons of what they've learned along their journey and their experience and to see how you want to take from that and apply it to yourself. And so, um, well, there, there you go. Here's, here's, here's one. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. That's your I love it. <laughs> Keep going. Um, yeah, so, so, so getting back to sort, sort of that idea is that I believe that we've got walking lessons in front of us all over the place. Mentorship, whether it's in life or whether it's in business, I believe that there are walls in front of us. And, and at different points in our life, we are going to confront a wall. We can choose how we want to approach that wall. We can either sit down in the shadow of that wall and be overcome with an enormous sense of defeat and feel that that wall cannot be scaled and that we can't get through it. Or we can believe that, that, that there is a weak point in every wall. There is a way to move through every single wall it's just that we need to learn how to do it. When I wrote Moving Through Walls, I wrote it based on what came down to four foundational principles that I take into my life every day. When I look back at my life and I look back at my journey and all my experiences, it came down to these four fundamental principles that I apply really to just about everything. And I feel that, that I wanted to articulate that and write a book to provide others perhaps with something that they could relate to and that they can apply to their own lives. And so the idea of being open, having faith, believing in a future, and allowing yourself to forgive are the, what I call the four fundamental foundational practices that will allow anyone to achieve their greatness. And I draw upon my experiences, but also I draw upon the mentorship of the people that I identified with, who I, who I wanted to understand what their success would be about. And I draw upon the many readings and the great thinkers of our time who have also articulated ideas and practices that really all come around into these four concepts. Can you go into a little bit more about the four concepts and what they mean and the implications? Sure, sure. I'll describe, I'll describe them. And I'm going to deal with the implication first, and then I'll, or maybe I'll follow up. But the implication is really our personal lives and our business lives. And while our personal lives and professional lives might be to some extent separated, they really are intertwined. Because if we are going to excel at what we feel purposeful, then we need to be able to have a healthy, emotional, personal life in order to find that confidence and to believe in ourselves enough to trust ourselves to go after what makes us feel most purposeful in order to unleash that creativity within us. And it's that creativity and that motivation within us 
that's going to provide the answers what we need to the solution of moving through walls or and expanding and accelerating our lives. And how that happens is that we are, all of us, when we are born and when we exist in society, no matter what your culture is or who you are, you're going to have bias. You're going to develop, you're going to be brought up and into a belief system. And that belief system actually can work against us in some ways to being able to be open and accepting of all sorts of concepts that may seem counterintuitive. So in the first chapter, I introduced the idea of the pleasure in pain. And I talk about people who continuously do things that cause pain in their lives, and they always ask the question of why do I do this? And the answer is because we wouldn't be doing anything that didn't give us pleasure innately to the human experience. At the end of the day, we are instinctive creatures in our subconscious and we derive pleasure. And I'm a very strong believer in that idea that people are more self-destructive than they believe because of whatever reasons, emotional motivations behind that, whether it be the injustices or lack of confidence or whatever it is that they feel. So the idea of being open is the idea of being able to take all of our bias, any of our biases, excuse me, and to recognize that yes, I have a bias, but I'm going to put my bias aside and I'm gonna open myself to accept something that makes me feel defensive, to accept something that is counterintuitive, to accept something that is against or that does not complement my belief system. There are many times in my business career that if I allowed myself to be depreciated by my own belief system in something, I would not have taken the action to have, um, 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 to have, to have gone into an opportunity that ended up becoming lucrative for me. And, 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 and I wanna say that sometimes our belief systems, and often our belief systems, belief systems are very good for us. They guide us morally. They guide us ethically. I'm not talking about letting go of a belief system. I'm not talking about walking into a journey and taking your belief system and discarding it because our belief system can be very powerful. But what I'm saying is, is that we need to be able to listen to alternative ideas. Today, especially, we have a polarization of political differences between people that have gone to the verge of intimidation when someone has a different opinion to someone else. We've lost the opportunity, the ability to actually listen to somebody without that heat rising in our chest and bringing on irrational, emotional, unreasonable reactions. And so openness is critical. And then the next part is faith. We are such control beasts. We believe that we need to control everything. And this is a belief system that has been ingrained in us that especially in Western culture, that we say that we're, we have faith, we say thank God, but we don't really thank God, do we? So the idea is, and I'm not talking in any way, in any format religiously, 
I'm talking about the idea that we can allow ourselves, it's okay to allow ourselves to say the following, that I've done everything I can do, that I am not going to fail in trying to be successful. I am being going to be successful in trying, but ultimately I have to recognize and I have to believe that there is a destiny, that, that at some point, at some point I need to put out my needs and my wants to a much higher source. That source can be the universe. The point is don't be so hard on yourself. Don't think that you are in control of everything that is happening to you because you are absolutely not. I can tell you and I give you examples in my book of so many, so many events of serendipity that have changed the course of my life. That the, 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 the problem that I find with people, the challenge I find is that we try to control things so much that we don't allow our destiny to take hold. And so the idea of having faith is, you know, it's like jumping off a diving board and knowing that there's water there to catch you. It's, I talk about, I described it when I walked down the aisle at my wedding. It was not, it was, it was, it was having left behind sort of a history and, 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 and moving forward into a future. I had really no idea what was going to be. And so there are, sometimes we call them leaps of faith that we take in life. And I believe that it's important to be successful, that, that to, to find your openness and to believe in the idea of something that we can't touch. The third item. I'm gonna, let me just, I'm gonna recount. So number one, openness, the concept that a person has to be able to have the ability to kind of see multiple sides, not to get stuck in your own head. The second piece, like you're saying, is that you have to see that it's not all about you because A, it's gonna make you get down on yourself and blame yourself for everything. And it's not gonna allow you to really go forward because if you don't know the next 20 steps, you might not take a step. But if you have faith that the path will materialize as you take the step ahead of you, you just jump off the diving board and gravity and water will do their part, you're able to move beyond what you yourself are capable of doing. Is that a fair assessment? I, 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 yes, absolutely. And I think the most, the most important aspect of your life you can have faith in is the faith of yourself we tend to we tend to find it very difficult to trust our intuitive abilities sometimes there is no rational explanations sometimes you need to walk towards the water and put your staff in it and believe that the road ahead is going to become available to you without getting too biblical in reference. It's, it's so funny because, you know, the a concept of, the surrender, of being able to surrender to the bigger picture, that on one hand, sort of, it, it's, it's that duality in spirituality, I think that's very difficult, is that like, I'm gonna surrender because the universe, God, whatever we wanna say, you know, that which is, and I'm not saying, you know, again, I'm, we're, we're, we're both proud Jews, it's not like we don't know what to call God, but, but in this regard, we don't know God's ways. We don't know what he hasn't planned. We just have to, have, we have to know that, he, that, that, that there's something that's bigger than us that's guiding us. On the flip side, the problem with that is that if this is outside of us, 
then oftentimes we're scared like we don't know what to do. And in a lot of ways I, I hear with people and, and even for myself, it's like, it's paralyzing. It's like, well, I, I'm not sure what, what you want. But then what, I've, what I'm seeing the bridge there is to say, if you don't know what God wants, you can for sure start to know what you want and go with that also, because there's that, that we say that every day in, 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 in like the Jewish day, we say that, you know, God put a piece of, there's a part, there's a connection to us and the divine. So on one end, you have to respect and appreciate that which is outside of you. But on the other hand, you have to have respect and appreciate that which is inside of you, because oftentimes they're a reflection of each other. And it's a lot easier to know yourself than it is necessarily to know God in some ways. So I, I, think that, I think that the every morning, every morning, um, the way I start off my day is I, I, I have a couple of prayers that I've invented for myself. And, um, and, and, and one of them is a prayer of gratefulness, where I, I think about all the things that I'm grateful for. Whenever you say a prayer of gratefulness, it's always going to center you. And I need to be centered at the beginning of my day. I need to find that center, especially now in this COVID-19 thing where time seems to morph and where we're dealing with something that's very unknown and something that we can't touch and feel, it becomes very unsettling. So it's very important to find your center of gravity, so to speak. I, I also, I also know that I can love and that I can be loved. And if I can love and I can be loved, then that means that I'm a worthy individual. I'm worthy of things. It's okay to be worthy of something. It's okay to feel that, that there are individuals and forces of which you are worthy for. Again, Failure is not about the lack of success. Failure is about not trying to be successful. So at some point you do everything that you can do and that's okay, then you've known that you've done everything to be done. Just allow the momentum to carry you. Allow the fact that there are things that you don't know. Things that will only become you, you, will, you will only become aware of when you look through your rearview mirror and you see what has come before you. So that leads me to the third concept, and that is the idea of a future. So we got to be open in order to accept the idea of faith. And if you have faith, then you can visualize a future. Because how else can you dream and visualizing your dreams of future if you don't have faith. I, I, I ask questions to people all the time. One of the, one of the questions I have young people is, what do you visualize? Where do you see yourself in five years? It's a common question, but it's really scary how few people can answer and how people are scared today of dreaming. Dreaming is what it's all about. And I love to dream and I love to visualize ideas and I love to visualize my future. You really have to believe. I'm sorry to interrupt. You, you brought up such a fascinating thing that, that people have in a lot of ways lost, or not lost, but it's saying it's, it's not common. Again, and I, I don't know, like with young people, old people, they don't want to dream because they feel like they're so bogged down by responsibility. It's not appropriate for me to dream because you know, all these people need me. Young people, they bog down, they don't, they don't dream. What do, you, what do you see that is it's a lack of worthiness? It's, it's, it's 
where, where does that come from? And how does one overcome that ability to not, you know, the, the, how does one overcome? I think, I think a lot of it has to do with this belief in control. I think that we've become very regimented. I believe that there is a lack of understanding of the connection between the ability to dream and hope and the idea of creativity. And that connection is lost. I believe that especially in our young, in our, in our young generations, that there may be too much rigidity introduced into the idea of what you ought to become and what you should do or what you could do rather than allowing it to happen. But I believe that there are people as well that um, understand that. And people who are successful understand about how to dream. I can tell you for myself that my business successes have a lot to do with my abilities innately to be able to visualize things in many different dimensions simultaneously. When I look at an idea, I see the outcome of the idea. I see it all in virtual reality. And, uh, but, but the most important thing is I dream about something and I believe in it. And I know that one day I will have this. I think that people don't allow themselves to dream. Without our faith, without being open to accept faith in our lives and have the faith in, 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 in anything that can happen, we lose, we lose the opportunity to dream. And dreaming is so important because if we didn't dream, if we look at all the great members of society before us, if people did not dream, where would we be today? So I think I, I talk about the future as being fundamental to a practice that is foundational to an attitude that we develop for our success. We have to allow ourselves to dream, to visualize. I say to somebody, what would you like? He says, I would like to buy a house. Okay. How, how, many, how many floors is the house? How many bedrooms? What colors are the walls? How does the staircase look when you walk in? What do you have in the backyard? Have you thought about landscaping? And, and, and people look at me like, like they're dizzy. I, he's saying, I just wanna buy a house. Well, just saying you want to buy a house isn't gonna make it happen. You really need to know what it is that you need in that house. What is it you visualize? Because that's how you're gonna achieve that. And, and the last part was perhaps the most difficult chapter for me to write. That the idea, the concept is, is really about forgiveness. I, I think that, I think that we, we, we can't help as we get older and as we go through life to carry a lot of injustice inside of us. Finding a way to let go of that injustice is so key to being able to unleash our creative selves. We tend to, I give the example of visualizing the idea of driving into a parking lot and you drive around and around and around and there's lot full signs everywhere. And as all you see is cars that have caked dust uh, on them. And you think, wow, those cars have been here a long time. They're taking up valuable real estate, valuable parking space. Well, that's exactly what anger does. 
That is what injustice does to us. It's like a car parked in our very emotional depth that takes up very important space of our soul, of our creativity, of our ability to see a future. We need to take those cars and we need to tow them away. And we need to make room for ourselves so that we can park our creativeness, we can park what we want, who we want to be, rather than becoming someone who we don't want to be, to stop using our past as an, as a, as an excuse for our future, but rather to use our future as a motivation for, for what we're going to become. So there are, the reason why people have a problem forgiving is because they don't know, number one, that they can forgive. Now, there's different levels of forgiveness and there's different levels of injustices, and I don't mean to in any way minimize, but I can tell you from my own experiences, which were pretty extreme as a young person, that I do understand, and I've talked about my own story because I needed to be real in the book. I wanted to be very honest, even at the cost of making myself uncomfortable, I decided that if what I had to say was going to resonate, then I needed to be able to be honest, very honest about where I come from and what I've overcome. I think the first most important thing is that people do not know that they're allowed to forgive. They actually don't even understand. Some people carry around grievances with them and they don't understand that they actually are allowed to let go of those grievances. And the second thing is that people are mistaken that forgiveness is something of excusing somebody. Forgiveness is something that you do for somebody else, that you forgive that person. Absolutely incorrect. You do not have to forgive somebody to allow yourself to forgive. Someone's actions perpetrated against you, an injustice that has been visited upon you, may be completely inexcusable and there's no question about it. But by carrying that grievance with you and by allowing it to overtake your life, then what you're doing is you're only perpetuating that injustice. You're only, you're only continuing to allow the abuse to take place. So the idea of forgiveness is not what I am going to forgive to you. The idea of forgiveness is allowing myself to clear up that space emotionally within me, allowing myself to forgive. And the question is, how do you do that? And the way that you do that, and this is absolutely, in its, it's so powerful in its simplicity. The reason why we cannot let go of a grievance is because we personalize it. We take that grievance and we make it all about ourselves. The first thing a person can do is understand that they have nothing to do with that grievance. The grievance is not about them. The grievance that they have, the act against them that happened, has everything to do with the individual or that which perpetrated against them. It's not your problem. As soon as you recognize that this is not your problem, as soon as you realize that you've done nothing to warrant or justify an injustice, you now depersonalize the situation. Depersonalization is the first step towards 
forgiveness is, is the most important process of forgiveness. The other, the other first step has to do with allowing yourself to admit out loud that a grievance has happened against you, that you have legitimate right to have a grievance, that you, that someone has, 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 has um, performed an act of injustice against you, that you are a victim, and it is your right to feel that you are in grievance. But there's a timestamp, there's a timestamp on that grievance. There's a date of expiration. And while it's important for you to be able to recognize that you have a right to feel aggrieved, you also have to know that eventually you have to deal with that grievance, that you cannot live your life for the rest of your life with that grievance. And so depersonalization is the process that we go through in order to help us through that. Forgiveness is an extremely important part of the foundations, concept of foundations that I talk about. It was very important for me to be able to move through my own grievances in life and to be able to find forgiveness because it allowed me that creative ability. It cleaned out all the garbage. You say it's garbage day. It's garbage day every day when you can, when you can get rid of those grievances that you feel of the injustices that have been visited upon you because only then can you fully become the greatest version of yourself. Wow. That is awesome. Thank you so much. So again, for those that we, we covered the four principles, but you go, you go through them in so much more detail and moving through walls. It's, it's an amazing opportunity because so often people feel that success is elusive, success is all this kind of stuff and, and being able to break it down into principles and being able to see it as not just how do I get more money in my bank account? How do I have more financial freedom? How do I have better you know, job satisfaction? But rather that entrepreneurship and, and um, creating value and opportunity in the marketplace is, is so tightly wound up with the, your own self-development journey and what you can do and who you can become. And again, it's like, it's this whole, I feel like revolution in the world that it used to be just, I work and that's to, you know, kind of pay the bills and then I have my meeting outside of it. But what we're seeing is the new entrepreneur is really someone whose work and success reflects their life and then their life goes out and reflects their success. So it's so exciting that you really pioneered in so many ways. It's almost like a self-help book that you could drop in a boardroom somewhere and see that as the same path to profitability for a company as it is for your development as a person. So I, it's fantastic. I really appreciate it. Tell me a little bit, how can people find out more about you, the work that you're doing, and, and reach out to you? Right. So, so you can go to um, IsraelEllis.com, and um, you can go to MovingThroughWalls.com. That's the book. It's available on Amazon, and um, it's, it's also available directly on the website. It's available on, uh, I think it's probably in every bookstore. So I know it's at Barnes Nobles. I know in Canada it's in Indigo. Um, and, uh, so it is widely available and, uh, definitely through my website at israelellis.com or movingthroughwalls.com. Um, I get emails and I try to answer the emails I get. Uh, so people, uh, will approach me because 
Uh, they've got a, you know, a business challenge, uh, a, a, a wall that has confronted them in business, and they're looking for some type of advice. I'm very happy to help people out where I can. Other times people are just feeling lost, they're feeling stuck, and, and, and they just need someone to um, maybe help them with some clarity. I would suggest read my book. Uh, it doesn't just, it's not, you know, when I first started writing the book, my wife kind of read the first few chapters and she said, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like lecturing. Like you got to be able to be, be honest with people, tell them your story, tell them how this applies to you. These are good ideas. And I took a different approach, a whole different approach to writing the book. And um, I was very honest. I'm very honest in the book. I talk about the, my own personal experiences and how I've used these concepts and these ideas to kind of move through my own walls. I think that, you know, the, the, the impression that I get from people that have read the book is I get this sort of, I get this aha moment expression from people. I get this wow. Um, I get people thanking me for articulating ideas that were inside of them that they didn't know what they were until they read the book. Um, and, and, and I make it very, you know, I say something in the book, what I have to say is not so unique. It's maybe I've said it a different way, but many of the concepts of positive reinforcement and, and sort of thinking and, and how we look at things are, are really have been said so many different ways. But what I've done is I've applied it to my own story um, I really do hope that anyone who reads this book will get back to me, uh, will let me know what they think of the book and would share their story with me. We've started this idea last summer. We started an idea called the Hero Wall, where we uh, went to people and asked them for their hero stories. We wanted to try, I wanted to try to get an idea of, of, of people, make awareness of the fact there's a hero within each of us. So I really do want to hear about your hero story. I'd like to publish it to our website and um, definitely want to hear feedback. It's, it's, it's very important. And uh, I hope that in some way, I say it in the book, if, if, if I've helped one person, if one person has been able to be helped on my book, um, then, it's, uh, then, then it's made the effort worthwhile. Outstanding. Israel, thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Jacob. There you have it, folks, another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, we have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.